So how are you feeling today, Woodland Church? Yeah, are you, have you overcome the turkey and all of the gluttony? Have you asked God to forgive you for all that yet? Hey, we're having a great weekend at Woodland Church. We're having a lot of fun, and God's working in a really powerful way. When uh, each of my kids was in high school, they had to do the egg drop project. How many of you know what the egg drop project is? If you're in high school or you have a kid who's a student, you probably know what the egg drop project is. For those of you who don't know, the egg drop project is an experiment in science class where each student has to design a contraption to surround an egg and then the egg is thrown off of the roof of the school, and if the egg survives, then you've designed a contraption that surrounds the egg that is worthy of an A. Now, most students spend days, even weeks, really getting into and creating and building their elaborate design for the egg drop project. But when my son Josh was in high school, he woke up one morning and remembered that he'd forgotten all about the egg drop project, and it was that day that he hadn't started on it yet, so he starts running around the house, and we're going, what, what are you doing? I gotta get something for the egg drop project. And he grabbed a fuzzy slipper, just one, and then a trash bag as he ran out the door. And I thought, that's not gonna go well. And when he came back, we said, how did it go? He said, oh, I got an A, it was amazing. I said, what? And he said, yeah, I took the egg, I put it inside the slipper, and then I, I taped the trash bag to it and it worked like a parachute, it came down perfectly. Some of the kids that spent weeks were really upset at me, but I got an A, it was awesome. And I said, I wonder why God wanted you to learn that lesson. That's a really bad lesson, you know? But since Josh is such an expert at the egg drop project, I've asked him to come out and help me. So come on out, Josh. Yeah. And we're gonna do our own little egg drop project right here. And so Josh and I have been working now for minutes on this and working for, we're following Josh's philosophy. We've been working for minutes on this. And the, don't overthink it, Josh says. This is one of Josh's great designs. It's called the atomic straw. And so this one, the egg is in there and it's ready to go. Let's test it out. Let's see. How many of you think it's gonna crack? Raise your hand. Can I give you a hint that it was perfect last night and it cracked miserably at the last service? And so, uh, no way, it's the opposite. It worked in the last service and it cracked in one and four. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to these things, you know? So uh, anyway, Josh is gonna drop it. Let's see what it does. I think it survived. Let's check it out. I didn't hear any crack. Wow, someone said. That's amazing. Heard someone say it backwards, wow. Um, all right, it worked. And now this one, I really like this one. This one is um, the marshmallows surrounding the egg. And for some reason, you have to have marshmallows that are multicolored. So uh, it's, it's wonderful. And, and each, one is individual, each one is individually and perfectly placed in just the right position. All 482. All 482. All right, go up the ladder, Josh. All right. Now, I have to say, how many of you think that's going to make it? It's going to survive. Raise your hand. Okay, how many think it's going to crack? Yeah, you know what's interesting here? This is not gone at all like we thought it would because last night it survived wonderfully well. This morning at the first service, it cracked. So let's see what it does this one. Go up another notch and let's see. One more, Josh. Two more. Two, three more. 
Three more. No. Okay, here he goes. That didn't sound very good. Let's see. Uh -huh. All right. Who wants to fish it out of there? Uh huh. Let's see what we got. Oh, that's right. I used Get the marshmallows out. Okay, thank you. All right. Oh, look, they did a little secret taping. I like that. That's very nice. Well, they didn't tell me they, they did that in the back. Okay. All right. Now we got one. Let's see, this one right here. This one, we call this one the bed of nails. What do you think that's going to do? You really think it's going to break? Okay, let's see. The bed of nails. Right now, 100% of people think it's going to break. There's one... <laughs> No, there's one optimist out there that feels like it's going to survive. So, Each nail's been perfectly placed. Okay. Ready? Wow, that was a surprise. All right. The bed of nails. The bed of nails. Give Josh a big hand, you guys. That was... Now, the reason that I just did the egg drop project uh, was not to humiliate Josh in front of all y'all. That was one reason, but that wasn't the main reason to do that. The main reason was every one of those eggs was surrounded by something. And what they were surrounded by determined how safe and secure they were. And in life, you're only as safe as what you're surrounded by. You're only as secure as what you're surrounded by. And that's why it's so important when you're surrounded by problems and pain to know that you're surrounded by God's strength and God's protection. Because when you know that you're surrounded by God's strength and God's protection and God's presence, it doesn't matter what you're going through, you're going to get through it. And we're in this series that we're calling, You Will Get Through This. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what surrounds you right now. I don't know what problems and barriers that you're surrounded with where it feels like there's no way out. But I can tell you, with God's power, you will get through this. You know, if you're a Christ follower, Christ is in you through his Holy Spirit. He surrounds you, and you will get through this. It may not be overnight. It won't be painless. You may feel overwhelmed right now, but you will get through this. And there's some heartaches in life that you'll never get over, but you will get through it with God's power. And so today, I want us to look at Elisha, the prophet. Last week, we looked at Elijah, and Elisha is Elijah's successor, and so it was a time when the country of Aram was at war with Israel. Now, Aram is modern-day Syria. And the king of Aram would send raiding bands, these marauders, into Israel, this strike force, to come in with surprise attacks. And the problem was their surprise attacks weren't surprising Israel at all because Elisha was so in tune with God that God would tell him, what the king of Aram was about to do and where the raiding bands of Arameans were going into, what village they were heading toward. And so then Elisha would get word to the king of Israel and the Israelite army would be there ready for the Aramean army. And so they would defeat the surprise attack because it wasn't a surprise. This went on and on until the king of Aram thought, how do they know this? There must be a spy or a traitor among my officers. But one of the officers spoke up and said, no, king, there's no spy or traitor in your midst. It's, there is a prophet in Israel by the name of Elisha. 
And he's so in tune with God that he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom each night. And the king got really angry and he said, we're gonna find this one guy. And so they searched and they found that he was living in a little house in Dothan with a servant named Gehazi. And they decided to go at night and he sent his most elite force, like a thousand soldiers on horseback and chariots armed with swords and spears and bows and they go at night and they surround Elisha's little house. Have you ever felt surrounded? Maybe today you feel surrounded by an army of anxiety that's attacking your peace of mind. Or or maybe you feel surrounded by problems and pain that's just bombarding your emotions and filling you with doubt. Or maybe you're just in an all-out war of worry that you feel like you'll never get through because it's the same problem, the same hurt, the same struggle that you're always struggling with. And you feel like you'll never get through this. I'm here to tell you with God's power, you will get through this. But there's some really important principles you need to know. So we're looking today at what you do when you're surrounded. And it looks like there's no way out. So I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter six. And would you stand in honor of God's word? And I wanna welcome all you worshiping with us through our broadcast and online ministry around the world. It's really fun to see where people come in from when they go to our online campus. And we have people from Russia. We have people from all over Europe and Africa and you know, most every continent. It's just amazing to see what God is doing. And we want you to know you're welcome. And then our broadcast ministry goes to over 200 countries around the world now. And it's from the woodlands to the world. And we love our churches in Atascacita and North Point. And here in the woodlands, we're all one church. So follow along with me. Then he, the king of Aram, sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Dear God, we thank you that you're a God who cares about us and loves us. And so my prayer today for everyone within the sound of my voice is that you, Lord, would open our eyes so that we can really see, so that we can see past the problems that we're facing, so we can see past the pain and the struggles, and we can see your heart. And we can get a glimpse, Lord, of how powerful you are. And we can just get a glimpse of how much you love us. And we can see past the reality that's right in front of our nose and we can see more of reality so that we can find your perspective and find the assurance to know that you're gonna see us through whatever we're going through. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes and then, Lord, you would just change our hearts that you would just meet us at our point of need. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't wait for us to clean up our act and you don't wait for us to get our lives together, that you meet us right in the middle of our mess and work a miracle. And we pray for that today. For it's in Jesus' name 
Amen. You can be seated. Now, Elisha's servant's name is Gehazi, and I just imagine Gehazi at dawn getting up and going outside onto the front porch in his pajamas, and he's going out there to see what the weather is like that day so he can report back to his boss so they would know what to wear as they went out to minister that day. And I can just see him walking out on the front porch as the sun is coming up and he's stretching and yawning and then he looks up and he sees an overwhelming army of force that's surrounding the house. And he goes into shock. And this overwhelming force of fear comes over him. The adrenaline is just pumping through his veins and he runs back inside. I just imagine Elisha sitting there at the coffee table and he's just drinking a little cup of coffee and just relaxing and getting ready for his day. And then the servant Gehazi says, the whole Aramean army is surrounding us. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get out of this one? It looks like there's no way out. We're surrounded. And Elisha, I just see him continuing to, drink his coffee, take another sip, and say, oh, don't worry about that, because we have them outnumbered. There's more with us than with them. And I'm sure Gehazi was thinking, wait a minute, I know you're a great man of God, but you're terrible at math. I mean, it's a 1,000 to two, and we don't have any weapons. But then Elisha prays, God, open his eyes so he can see. And then when he walks back outside, he looks up, and he sees thousands upon thousands. This army of multitudes of angels with horses ablaze and chariots of fire. And his eyes are opened. And he sees that they're surrounded by an army of angels protecting them. You see, when you're surrounded, if you're a Christ follower, God will do whatever it takes to see you through. He will send an army of angels to rescue you. He will do whatever it takes, but you just need to be able to see that because we can't really see, at times, all of reality. We can see what's in front of our face, the problem that we can't see past, but we can't see it from God's perspective because if I could, then I could see how small that problem is compared to great and mighty God. That's why you come to worship, to get some perspective, to focus on God. When you focus on God, you leave with a better perspective on your problems. God starts to open your eyes. That's why it's so important to be in church every week. We're gonna do something a little different this Thanksgiving service. We're gonna bring in some songs and, and help focus you in on how powerful God is. So just listen to the words of this song. And if you feel surrounded today, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an army of anxiety filling your soul. Maybe it's just overwhelming, the overwhelming force of fear that's attacking you. Maybe it's just an army of depression surrounding you or grief or loss or hurt. Maybe it's a huge problem in your marriage or in your family. I don't know what it is that you feel surrounded by, but if you're a Christ follower, God will do whatever it takes to get you through. He'll send out an army of angels to protect you and to surround you. Just listen. God says, I will rescue you from whatever you're going through. Sometimes he rescues us by taking the problem out of our lives and sometimes he rescues us by taking us through the problem. But he says, I will see you through. When Elisha's servant Gehazi goes outside and he's shocked and he sees 
the army surrounding them. He runs back inside and he says, what are we gonna do? That was really his prayer. He was saying to the man of God, what are we gonna do? It's like he was saying to God, what are we gonna do, God? I've prayed that prayer many times. God, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna get through this? And God, I'm overwhelmed. What are you gonna do to get me through this? God, I need this and I need that and I need you to take this out of my life and I need you to, to do this thing right now that creates a path so I can get through this. God, I need you. What am I gonna do? What do you want me to do, God? How am I supposed to handle this? Now, that's an okay prayer, but that's not the first prayer that you need to pray. That's not the best prayer. In fact, the point of the whole story is when I'm overwhelmed, I need to ask God to open my eyes. When you feel overwhelmed, ask God to open your eyes. God, open my eyes so I can really see from your perspective a little bit more, so I can get a glimpse of your character to know that you're faithful. Open my eyes so I can see the situation the way you see the situation. You see, faith is not denying reality, it's just admitting you can't see all of reality because so much of reality is in the spiritual world that we need spiritual eyes to see. Faith is not denying the problem, it's just recognizing that God is bigger than your problem. It's just that you don't have very good perspective because from a ground level perspective, all you can see is the problem. It just fills up your screen, but we get a little perspective when we start seeing things from God's perspective. And so the first prayer I need to pray is, God, open my eyes. And when I pray for God to open my eyes, then things start to come clearer. And by the way, you can have 20-20 vision physically and be totally blind spiritually. If you've never received Christ in your life, then you're totally blind. And the moment you come to Christ, God opens your eyes and you start seeing everything in a different light. You start seeing that you never really saw vividly. You never really saw in high definition and, and you'll start seeing that you had a lot of things backwards. You just didn't realize it. You can have 20-20 vision and be completely blind, and you can be physically blind and have perfect vision spiritually. Your eyes wide open, seeing reality in full. And so I need to pray, God, open my eyes, because I think a lot of times, as Christ followers, we have really poor eyesight. We have really poor spiritual eyesight because we just see things real blurry, and we don't see much of reality. We just see what's right in front of us. We, we can't get any perspective. We can't really see what's happening in the situation. We misjudge it, we, we stumble and we fall and we don't know where we're going because we have really poor eyesight. And so we have to pray, God open my eyes so I can really see, so I can take the right steps in this situation. God open my eyes so that you can guide me Open my eyes because when God opens your eyes, the first thing you see is God is never surprised by your circumstances. When God opens your eyes, you see that he's not surprised by the things that have surprised you. That's really good to know. Look at this next verse in 2 Kings 6.15. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So uh, Elijah's servant goes to bed the night before and everything's fine, everything's great. 
He doesn't have a worry in the world, but then he wakes up the next morning, walks outside, and everything changes. His whole world is turned upside down. It's a totally different situation. It looks like he's not gonna get through this one. It looks like the end. He goes to bed one night, everything's fine. He wakes up the next day, and everything's all wrong. And you go to bed one night, and everything's great and fine without a worry in the world, and you wake up the next day, and your whole world is turned upside down. You get that phone call that knocks you to your knees and just leaves you in shock. You find out about that betrayal that is like a gut punch that you never saw coming and you could have never prepared for, just weren't ready for it. Or you get those test results back and it just leaves you numb, totally shocked. See, in those situations, it's good to know that nothing surprises God. When you feel surrounded, Know that God's not surprised by your circumstances. God is never surprised when you find yourself surrounded. The Aramean army made their way through the night so they could do a surprise attack at dawn on Elisha. But God wasn't surprised. He knew that was gonna happen before he created the world because nothing surprises God and it didn't surprise Elisha because he was so in tune with God. God isn't surprised by your circumstances. When the enemy hits you where it hurts with the overwhelming force of fear and you never saw it coming, it's really comforting to know that God knew all along that nothing surprises God. Nothing catches God off guard. Nothing can derail God's plan for your life. No scheme of Satan, no power of hell, no sin of man can stop God's purpose for your life. That's really good to know that nothing surprises God. I want you to see a second thing, though, when your eyes are opened. You see that God surrounds you when you feel surrounded. In 2 Kings 6, 16, it says, the prophet said, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. See, with God on your side, you're never outnumbered by your obstacles. One plus God equals a majority in God's math. That when you feel surrounded if you're a Christ follower, you're surrounded by God. First, you're surrounded by God's protection. In verse 17, it says, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God had sent an angel army to surround and protect them. Like the egg, we're all fragile. And if you don't think you're fragile and weak and human, then you're gonna have a fall and you're gonna get severely broken to realize it because God loves you too much for you not to realize that. Pride goes before a fall, and so when you admit that you're fragile, then you turn to God and say, God, surround me with your strength. We're like that egg, and when we admit that we're fragile, that we need God, and God opens our eyes, we see that God surrounds us with that hedge of protection, that God surrounds us, yeah, and and. You're only as safe as what you're surrounded by. And so God surrounds us, and here, here's the thing. There's nothing that can get through that protective shield that God has around us as Christ followers unless God allows it for his glory and our ultimate good. For you see, every day the scripture says Satan is shooting these flaming arrows at us because his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That, that's his goal, that's his purpose. Christ's purpose is to give life, life in all its fullness. 
Satan's purpose is to kill and destroy. And so every day he's shooting those flaming arrows at us and they just bounce off, but we just don't even know it or realize it or thank God for it. It's gonna be amazing when we get to heaven and we look back and we see all the times God protected us, all the things God protected us from. And sometimes God allows us to go through pain to protect us. Rejection can be God's protection. It usually is for the Christ follower. That dating relationship, you get dumped, you get rejected. It's just God protecting you for something better. Rejection is, you get rejected from that job. It's God saving you, protecting you for his plan, for his better, for you. You see, sometimes it doesn't feel safe. But here's the amazing thing. We don't know until we get to heaven all the times God protected us. You have that fender bender, and it's like, God, I don't need that today. What's going on? Maybe he protected you from a mile down the road from a terrible car crash. We don't know. See, we don't know. And sometimes God uses pain to protect us. It's just that we don't know it at the time because all we can see is pain. All we can feel is pain. All we can see is the problem. But God has that eternal perspective. And sometimes we just need to pray, God, open my eyes so that I can see a little better. And some things we'll never see until we get to heaven. But we'll look back and we'll see. And God sometimes opens up that hedge of protection and allows one of those flaming arrows in. And I don't understand all the reasons why he does it, but I do believe with all my heart his promise is true that it's only for his glory and our ultimate good. It's just we can't see it at the time, many times. Sometimes a year later we look back and go, God, thank you. Thank you, I see how you saved me on that one. God, I thank you, I see how you rescued me on that one. Didn't feel like rescue, didn't feel like safety, didn't feel like protection at the time. It felt like pain, but thank you. But some things we'll never get over on this earth, but we will get through it with God's power. But we just have to realize that God is protecting us, and sometimes safety doesn't feel very safe. You know, you can feel very afraid, You can be very scared in your feelings and be perfectly safe right in the middle of God's will. You can be in a really dangerous place and be right in the middle of God's will. Or you can feel really safe and be in a really dangerous, shaky place. If you place your security in your stock portfolio, you place your security in your stuff, you place your security in your status, those things are dangerous because they're not gonna last. Nothing wrong with them, it's just that they will not last, they're not eternal. And anytime you stake your security on something that doesn't last, you surround yourself with something that will not keep you from breaking ultimately because it will be taken away one day. And so if your security is in Christ, you're surrounded with him, you're filled with him, you will get through this. You will get through this because of his strength. Chris and I have been in some really dangerous places, but we're right in the middle of God's will, and the safest place you could ever be is the middle of God's will. The most dangerous place you could ever be is in a comfortable place, in your comfort zone, because that's the death zone. You can feel really safe and be in a really dangerous place. And some of you have been playing it safe, and you're in a really dangerous place. It's time for you to step out in faith and start trusting God with the things that are most important in your life. Trusting God with your relationships, trusting God with your finances, trusting God in your workplace, trusting God and stepping out in faith and risking in faith. You weren't made to live in the comfort zone, you were made to live in the passion zone. 
following God with all your heart, the faith zone. And sometimes God will do just about anything to shove you out of your comfort zone into your calling. And so we see that God's protection surrounds us when we're surrounded. But secondly, God's purpose surrounds us when we're surrounded. And when God opens my eyes, I see just a little bit more of his purpose in my life. You're surrounded by God's purpose. After Gehazi's eyes were open and he saw the thousands of angels all around protecting them, the Arameans start to attack and Elisha prays for God to blind their eyes. And they're blinded and they're in panic. They don't know what to do. They don't know what hit them. And then Elisha comes out and he says, hey, here you guys are looking for Elisha the prophet. He's not here. Let me take you to him. And he takes them down the road to the army of Israel. And then he prays, God opened their eyes and their eyes are open and they see they're surrounded by the army of Israel. And the army of Israel says, should we kill them? And Elisha says, no, don't kill them. God wants you to have a big feast for them and send them on their way. And that's what they do. And then it says, the raiding bands from Aram never raided Israel again. It solved the problem. You see, sometimes God raises up the enemy as your greatest opportunity to move to the next level. Sometimes God raises up the enemy and sometimes God allows you to be surrounded so he can give you ultimate success. But that's when we need to pray, God open my eyes, because if all you can see is the enemy, then you're gonna miss the opportunity. If all you can see is the enemy, then you're gonna miss your greatest opportunity because so many times our greatest problem is our greatest possibility. Our, our greatest problem is the very thing that God wants to use to get us to our destiny. Many times the biggest barrier you're facing in your life right now is the bridge that God wants to use to take you to your destiny, to the next level, but it's just disguised as a barrier. And if you don't pray, God, open my eyes, all you'll see is the barrier and you won't see the blessing. All you'll see is the enemy, and you won't see the opportunity. And so I have to pray, God, open my eyes, and a lot of times, we just see another person as the enemy. And if you just see another person as the enemy, then you're really missing it. You're not seeing anything with spiritual eyes, because it's not a battle against flesh and blood, it's a spiritual battle that's going on. And sometimes Chris and I will get into an argument, and about 20 minutes later, we'll go, what, what were we arguing about? And we'll go, wait a minute, that's just Satan trying to get at us because we know that Satan's purpose is to steal our joy, to destroy our marriage, so kill our love for each other. So, so we know that's just Satan. What are we doing? And, you know, we, recognize, we start recognizing it more with, with spiritual eyes open, but if you don't, you just need to go, well, well, you know, that person's my enemy, and that's the whole problem, and you don't see past the enemy to the opportunity that God's brought them into your life for an opportunity to grow and to minister to them and to, to love them in spite of it, to see that there's some pain in their life and that's why they act the way they do, to really get past it, to understand that God's using them in your life and he wants to use you in their life. You, you won't see anything clearly because God raises up an enemy to give you a divine opportunity. God raised up Goliath to give David a giant opportunity and David is the only one that saw it was a giant opportunity for God to take him to the next level. Everyone else just saw the giant. David had eyes to see, and what did he see? This is a giant opportunity. And I'm gonna step into this giant opportunity because God is so great and powerful. I see that this giant looks like a little ant to God, and so I'm looking at it from a God-level perspective, not a ground-level perspective. Everyone else said there's no way we can kill him. David said, he's so big I can't miss. He's going down. 
because he had eyes that could truly see. And if you don't have spiritual eyes that can see, you're gonna get so confused in life, you're gonna take so many wrong steps, you're not gonna know who the real enemy is, and you never will see your opportunities because the greatest barrier you're facing right now is the very bridge God wants to use to take you to the next, next level in your life. So we're surrounded by God's purpose. Nothing can change God's purpose. Nothing can change God's purpose for your life. No pain, no heartache can change God's plan. And so we just have to say, God, I can't see it. Help me see it best I can. I wanna take the next step. And then I want you to see that God surrounds us with his presence. God's presence. Hebrews 13, five says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God promises you that he's never gonna leave you and never forsake you. Now, sometimes it feels like he's nowhere around, but it's in those times you can't feel his presence that he takes you to a new level in your faith because it's not about your feelings. It's not about feeling safe. It's not about feeling God's presence. It's about the promises of God, which are fact, and putting your faith in those facts. And sometimes when you can't feel his presence, that's when God grows you the most because it's like, God, I can't feel you. Feels like you're nowhere around, but I know you are because you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. So guide me through, help me obey. Sometimes you obey when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you obey when you can't see it. Sometimes you give when you don't have it. Sometimes you trust when you feel doubt. That's what real faith is. You know, God's here right now. He is here right now. And it says he's close to the brokenhearted. So if your heart is broken, if you're wounded and broken and crushed right now, God is closer to you than ever before, whether you feel it or not. I want us to stand right now and I want us to sing to him. I want us to sing a song to him, inviting him to come here again, to meet us, to heal our brokenness, to open our eyes to see what he wants us to see, the truth, to open our eyes to see a little bit more of his power, to see a, a glimpse of his love for us, just to see that he's gonna see us through, to give us some perspective because we need him so desperately to surround us with his presence and he's here right now. And if you're a Christ follower, he's surrounding you, he's holding you. His army of angels is protecting you and he will see you through. You will get through this with God's power. I want us to sing again because I know whether you feel like he's with you or not, he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And you'll be able to look back and say, not for one minute did God forsake me. He's right here, right now, to hold you, to surround you with his presence, and that makes all the difference. Let's sing to him. Will you bow your head with me? Dear God, I thank you that you're right here, right now, and not for one minute have you forsaken us. We thank you, Lord, and I just pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that you would just meet us right where we're at, right now, in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our mess, and that you would work a miracle. We pray, Lord, for everyone who feels totally surrounded, surrounded by grief, surrounded by loss, surrounded by hurt, surrounded by stress and anxiety, and problems and trials, 
that you would just speak your whisper to their heart that you will see them through, that they are surrounded by your protection, surrounded by your purpose, and surrounded by your presence, and you'll never let them go. And Lord, I pray that you would work miracles in relationships and families and marriages and hearts and lives. I pray for those who are spiritually blind that have never received you into their life, that they would pray this prayer silently to you. Dear God, I need you. Jesus Christ, open my eyes. Come into my life. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me of all my sins. I need you to protect me and to guide me and to surround me. I need you to get me to heaven one day. I can't get there without you. I need you to be the Lord of my life. And I ask you to help me grow in my faith one day at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And now is the time where we give back to God and as I make a couple of announcements, we're gonna take our offering, and it's a chance for us to give. You know, on Thanksgiving, there's not a lot of thanks or giving that takes place, but this is our chance to thank the Lord through worship and to give to him, and as you give, I know that God will give back to you because it's okay to pray, God bless me. It's all about the motives. You're blessed to be a blessing. And as you give and thanks, God gives back to you, and then pray for God to multiply it through over 120 mission projects that God is blessing and strengthening in such a powerful way. And uh, I wanna let you know Christmas is on its way. Now we officially start the Christmas season at Woodland Church, and it's the greatest time to be here, and it culminates in our 26 Christmas services at our three locations, and they're so powerful. I hope you'll invite friends. I put in your, your bulletin a little brochure about Christmas. That's not for you. That's to give to a friend or a neighbor. And then we have yard signs. We want everyone on your way to pick up a yard sign. Uh, and it talks about Christmas Eve so that your neighbors will know about our Christmas Eve services and be invited to Christmas Eve. I also want to just praise God for our angel tree ministry. We are providing Christmas for 4,700 angels, uh, 4,700 children that wouldn't have Christmas without you. We get these names from CPS and other organizations that know about children that wouldn't have anything for Christmas, and we're providing that. I'm praising God for that. And um, amazing things are happening at Woodland Church. Would you stand? Because we are going to sing a closing song to kick off the Christmas season, and it's all about joy. Choosing joy in your life. Do you feel joyful right now? Let's thank God as we choose joy. God bless you, Woodland Church. Hey, don't forget, get a yard sign on your way out. And Merry Christmas. God bless you. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.